Okay, well, we're recording. I'm not, <laughs> not liable for anything that happens. What did we decide to call this? Didn't we come up with a snappy new name to so Kaneko Podcast? Oh, Kaneko. No. It's like Radio. two Kaneko Radio. Right. I mean, it's established as 43 episodes under the Two Kaneko Podcast name. Hello and welcome to the Two Kaneko Podcast. I'm Harry. I'm James. And we are Tukaneko. And this is the Tukaneko podcast. Oh wait, we already did that bit. Yeah. How's everyone doing? We've got her on video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're on video too. <laughs> hey, um, hey. So this is a multimedia experience. Um, the first podcast that both me and James have recorded in a while. Mm-hmm. You know, we do these... Um, <sighs> I'm not going to say we do this regularly. <laughs> but we do these every now and again. Um... Whenever we feel like talking about things, and I mean, obviously, we want to do them more regularly, but that's, um, I guess, we're working on it. Yeah. So we did them in our what I'm calling our singles lockdown singles era <laughs> of like January and Jan- February, January through March. Yeah. Um, but I think we thought that they weren't that good, or that like, you know, us rambling for an hour. Mm. Uh, what well, considering all the other content we had to make, we weren't really sure where the podcast sat. But mm. I love podcasts, <laughs> so as I said in my last podcast, the Two Echo podcast, uh, I'm desperate to make podcasts deep in my heart because basically my mm-hmm. phone is always talking to me because I've got some sort of podcast on at all times. Yeah. So I feel like I want to give back to the world what podcasts gave to me. And I actually listened to some of our ones and I enjoyed them. I feel like there's something in them. There's something in this... You know? <laughs> so here we are in our living room on a Friday night. It's about half past nine. We've got a Lit. light set up. We have taped my phone to the light stand to get some video. It's kind uh, of surreal when you think about it. How's that? I wonder if anyone else in, in this flat building is doing this. Recording their conversations. <laughs> I highly doubt it. <laughs> That's why it's surreal. Just lighting yourself is, you know, a strange thing. Yeah. So, we're here to talk about our album. I guess just provide general updates on Tukin Echo. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe we'll have some insightful discussions. If, <laughs> if we're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> we'll roll the dice and we'll see what comes out. Yeah. So, for those of you who haven't been living under a rock in the Tukin Echo universe in the past few months, we're making an album right now. Um, due to come out September... I updated one of our bios today that said it was coming out in June. I was like, no, no, oh, no, no. Oh, <laughs> wow, that was ambitious. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it was on Spotify. Really? Like, oh, the new album's coming June. I was like, that was wildly ambitious. Yeah. Because um, we're in June. We're almost at the end of June. I mean, we have released something today, to be fair. The Jam Experience. Um, we don't plug that much on the podcast. <laughs> but we released something called The Jam Experience. It's a collection of jams. Well, I suppose on, the podcast can be time-independent as well, so... Yeah. Like, what we're saying is a new release now. Could not be a new release to people listening in future. Mm. But um, anyway, right now we're making an album. Um, due to come out in September, not June. And we are edging towards finishing tracking. We're at that kind of niggly bit of recording an album where you've done the bulk of the work, but there's lots of yeah. small bits to go back and... Yeah. Correct and polish. It's, it's kind of like we've, we've recorded the drums, the guitars, the bass, the vocals, and we've even put some, some sort of light production on top. And now we just need to do the extra bits that take songs from sort of demo 
good good quality demos to actually like fully produced mm. album worthy songs and and that bit takes a long time because mm. I guess it compared to what you expect it to take it takes a long time because you sort yeah. of think oh yeah we'll just throw some tambourines and a few synths on it at the end and that'll take like a day <laughs> doesn't <laughs> it takes ages <laughs> yeah yeah like um this is actually one of the hardest bits that I find of the whole album making process mm-hmm. because I think when you get to the point where you're finishing tracking and all you can do is kind of mix and finalise and put it out like you're you're sort of settling of this is this is what I you envisage something in your head when you first like write a song and first make it and kind of all the way through the process you've still got this kind of dream of what it might sound like and then the reality of what it sounds like and you're kind of getting closer and closer and closer Mm. um and although what you've made like might sound really good at some point you have to go right this is this is how the song turned out if you get what i mean yeah whereas like whenever you think of a song it's like a perfect world in your head like it sounds everything sounds amazing and and it's not that you feel like you've fallen short but it's weird committing something that was in your head to like this is the version this is what I've worked towards yeah. for three months yeah it's, it's so weird I, I feel like it's a gradual transition because um, I'm, I'm going to use an example of um, the last song on the album it's called uh, Starting to Know What I Want um, and we, re- we so we basically spent most of Saturday and a bit of Sunday um, recording backing vocals and putting some percussion on that track so the sort of finishing touches mm. um and that has really transformed the track. So what I originally had for that track in my head was something quite different to how it's ended up. Mm. Um, so I feel like there's, there's, there's definitely a sort of gradual transition to what you kind of think that perfect version of the song is going to be in your head mm. to what it turns out to be. And you kind of, I've, I've always found that I've eventually learned to prefer the version that it becomes than the one that's in my head, which is interesting. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know if I've, like, on some songs like that one, for instance, like, I don't know if for starting to know what I want, I had an end vision in my head. Yeah. As much, whereas some of the others, you've got a kind of, oh, this could be cool. I, I don't know, it's, it's weird. Sometimes it is dictated by, like, vision in your head, and it's quite hard to describe um, if people don't make songs or create things. Mm. Um, but... Yeah, ideas or like end sounds or whatever literally just like pop into my head and almost like compel to like be made, if you go know what I mean. Yeah. Um it's like this is what it mm. should be and it's really like a uncontrolled it cut it mm. and like there's loads of um famous artists who talk about as if a song is like they were a vehicle through which a song came rather than they like made it up because when you're at any stage either when you're writing the words or you're putting backing vocals on, like it's not very um calculated mm. it's not like a, a strategy that you come yeah. up with in your head or a math problem that you're trying to like work out through logic whatever it's just a oh it should be like this and it just pops out and you just kind of fulfill what your head came yeah. up with <laughs> yeah um, but yeah sometimes the, sometimes that vision's clearer or not clearer and like for that mm. song yeah we just kind of stumbled upon something quite cool that's probably cooler than what I thought that song was going to turn out like. You know? how, how often do you actually execute the vision you originally had though? Do, do you often get it right or is it often something different? It's not, I think it's different for different people in terms of how set it is. Yeah. So some people are like, I've got this exact sound and I'm just going to search, search the world and search like everything until like I find that thing. Um, hmm. I kind of, I've, I've kind of get a bit of a like, not make it up as you go along, but a bit like 
feel it out as you go along and you, yeah. you'll like make decisions on what you like or don't like yeah um so i wouldn't it's a real like gut feel thing i wouldn't say that like i woke up and i had a complete like song happen yeah. in my head and all i had to do was try and make that exact thing in my head happen in the real world like i kind of worked it out as i made it most of the time yeah but um yeah i don't know i'd say more often than not i actually like surprise either uh either surprise myself or like end up just liking how it came out through the decisions that we made so like for instance there's not any songs that we've recorded that i go like that wasn't how i originally envisaged it and i'm really annoyed about it yeah. there's a few is maybe like oh i thought it would be like this when we started but then when we actually recorded it and tried different things like i like that we changed our mind as we went along the yeah. way if you know what i mean yeah yeah i, I, I actually agree um i i find it more applicable to um uh i make the artworks for tupaneco most of the time have you made an artwork yet i made some of the really crap early ones <laughs> <laughs> I do a couple of crap versions of stuff and then Harry goes, good idea, now let's do it well. <laughs> so, so some of the, I, I make about 90% of the artworks for Tupaneco, mm. at least as, as of this podcast. Um, mm. And I have a similar thing, so I kind of have a vision in my head of what I want the artwork to look like and then I would start to pursue that. But through my trying to get to that artwork, I'll always stumble across other things that I mm. think are cool mm. and... Um, I think that's where, where I tend to differ from my original vision is I just find something else that's cool and I start chasing yeah. down that um, kind of mm. avenue and I often end up with something very different. Um, mm. So I think, I mean, the artwork for this album hasn't really, we haven't showed anyone it, but um, oh, I can't really talk about this on a podcast because it's all visual. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's video-ish. We could edit in some of it. I guess we could. Or we could do a separate... It's probably too hard. <laughs> Oh, I've built everyone's up, built everyone's um, expectations up right now, but we're not going to talk about the artwork today. All I will say <laughs> is I started out with one vision. Um, my my vision was to get build basically a program in Java to make it look like it was being drawn on screen, um, and that went through a load of different forms uh, to the kind of products that we're sort of semi happy with at the moment, and we're pretty close to the original artwork. But it's very different to what I originally thought it would be. Mm. Um, that'll be another video. It's cool Probably. though. It's cool. It is cool. It looks cool. It's cool. It's gonna be cool artwork. But uh, <laughs> very cool. <laughs> Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Don't know. For for me, like creativity, I keep quite relatively separate to technical stuff. I was just thinking about like yeah, the conversation we just had on like uh, original vision versus like following your instinct as you go along. I'd say one of the most frustrating things is actually the mixing process, so the kind of end process of balancing yeah. the the tracks into like the final track. That one is really hard to get something that you're satisfied with. Yeah. Um, and again, I for, I think for me it's like you're at the end of that process, and whatever you choose, like you have to kind of you almost have to commit to like the level that you you can achieve at that time. I don't think many people, even who are professional mixers, are like happy with their old mixes. If you get what I mean, you really you really butt heads with reality in terms of like the perfect world versus like the real world of what yeah. you can do today, finish it, you know? Yeah. Um, I think so mixing is one of the ones where it's hard to, it's, it's quite hard to have an end vision, but again, at the same time, you have this like really strong gut feeling of whether it's right or not right. Mm. Um, so I'd say that's, I, I'd say I have that. I don't have like a, for everything, but yeah, mi mixing's hard to like, like no, I'm at the end. 
but for most creative things, I don't have a. This is a. I don't start out going. This is exactly how it should end. But I do have quite a strong gut feeling of whether I like it or not, mm. or whether like going the right direction, whether I'm excited by like a new idea or, or not. Mm. Um, like like if I like something, I start. I'll then like listen to it like ten times. Like I get kind of like micro obsessed yeah. with like a bit of a song that like yeah. I'm really into. Yeah. Um. So yes, it's interesting, but that can that's made it hard in um other bands when we've had to learn songs that I don't like. <laughs> Because, like, his gut thing is just like, oh, I don't like this. I, I think I found it easier to pursue joy out of the stuff that I had to do. <laughs> I enjoyed playing to a metronome. That there was a, there was yeah. some sat, there was some satisfaction to be gained out of playing to a metronome in those kind of cases. What do you mean? I think it might be a very niche, well, it, it might be a unique case for me. Uh, or maybe it just might be different for guitarists and drummers. Um, but... Being able to, in in my sort of intermediate phase of drumming, um, it's really important to be able to play on a click, because um, it's something that a lot of sort of beginner to intermediate drummers take for take for granted. It's like, oh yeah, I can play to a click, no problem. And most of the time, it's sort of like ninety percent there, but yeah. there's that kind of extra ten percent that makes you sound like a pro drummer that um, a lot of beginner and intermediate drummers kind of miss out on. And I was doing that kind of phase where I was just learning to play on a click and I kind of took the advantage of being in a band where this was um, in, in the band that me and James were part of a couple of years, how many years ago two three years ago um, but it was important to play on the click in that band and I took the kind of opportunity to really get be- become one with the metronome so you're sort of saying that even if it wasn't like a even if it's not a creative thing you kind of used it to yeah. practice your yeah, yeah. skill kind of thing yeah, I mean, if if we're looking at the end end goal of being a creative drummer, to be a mm. creative drummer, you need to sort of master the tools that you have mm. and uh, master the tools that most drummers have. And mm. one of those tools is being able to play to a click. And mm. I, I know we've had this discussion many a time before, James, but with drumming, it's really important to be able to play on the click or be able to play with feel, um, mm. so be able to play in a consistent time. Uh, and once you kind of lock that in, you can start to be more creative around the kit. Mm. Um because otherwise you can sort of there's there's a certain there's a certain thing that you hear when you when you when you hear like a really pro drummer play you just know that they spend hours and they can mm. they're they're in the pocket they they like are so consistent with their time um, mm. so in this example I was looking to get better at my time so I could be a more creative drummer mm. so I guess in in like I I just took advantage of the situation mm. pretty much. So, yeah, like, um, we sort of said this before, but I think it's interesting that my, I think technical ability is important to the, the point of, like, if it's blocking your ability to express yourself how you want to, then that's, you need to improve your technical ability. But at the same time, like, people who go to music college or can shred on guitar or whatever are not necessarily mm. making the creme de la creme of songs that connect mm. with people. So like I kind I kinda come from a combination of like technical guitar playing but yeah. also <clears throat> songwriting and expression and lyrics and kind of like a blend of those two those mm. two worlds. There's a lot of people who are great at writing songs who are kinda of crappy at their instruments. Yeah. And vice versa. Some people who are sick guitarists but like their music just is kind of flat in terms of if you listen to it, it like I personally wouldn't connect with it kind of thing. 
Um, and that, that can actually be kind of hand in hand in terms of being really good at guitar because you're just like, the yeah. whole purpose of the song is to show off your guitar playing. But then some people who play guitar really love that stuff. Like they love music to be like technically really difficult yeah. on the guitar. Um, so it's an interesting, whereas, yeah, there's others who are like, their guitar playing's a bit crappy, but there's a vibe to it. Yeah. And therefore, like, I connect with it. And I've been moving more towards that mm. as I've gone on. Maybe it's an excuse not to make my guitar playing better. But, um, yeah, like... I think I think there's a difference here between guitar playing and drum playing. Maybe. I mean, it, it might just be my perspective, but I've, I've never been inspired by a drummer who isn't... Um, who doesn't have good feel or mm. who isn't technically good. Yeah, I think it's because, like, the whole song might fall apart if it, if, a, like if it's that. sloppy drums... I, I can it's just something that really irks me when I listen to a recording with a drummer who's sort of meh. Yeah. Um, I, I I I don't know what it is, but I I think with with guitar playing, um, I think Neil Young is an example that we bring mm. up quite a lot. He has very very trashy guitar solos a lot of the time, mm. which aren't in time, and they're <laughs> they're which which is the song where he just plays one note for like uh, four or five bars river. down by the river. That was one of the, that was one of the most Unreal. inspirational ones that yeah. I had though because I. I was looking up sort of Neil Young songs, trying to get like more into it, and someone said like, "Just listen to this solo. Like he stays on one note for like the whole first <laughs> bit, but like try not to be like moved at least emotionally changed by listening to it. You know, however drastically. Yeah. Um, but it's about like a uh, someone. I think he kills his wife. Spoiler alert: kills his wife down by the river. <laughs> And then, like, the guitar solo comes in, like, da 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 like, almost like a machine gun or something. Oh, my God. Um, and so that that ability to bring out, like, the song and the, like, what what's being talked about, what's being, like, uh, expressed in the song through your playing is, like, what interests me the most. Mm. Whereas, yeah, in, like, the guitar sort of, particularly the sort of YouTuber guitar world, um, they can make really cool, like, riffs and like technical guitar stuff but i'm not gonna like go and put it on and like be moved to tears by it if you get what i mean it's very i find that world so technical it's like and like i have a technical side like i do kind of audio engineering that Mm. kind of thing and whatever but creatively it doesn't yeah I, i find them quite separate i don't know i don't get like excited i don't know yeah i just don't listen to music in a technical way um, Interesting. It's like a much more emotional thing, and that kind of is why I said like, yeah, the creativity side is all like this gut feel. Um, I try as little as possible to think about like what scale I'm in, mm. or what would be a technically right chord change or whatever to to go into here. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that, but that, but that kind of asks another question, because. When, when I'm playing drums, when I'm performing drums, I don't like to think about what I'm playing. Yeah. I like to rely on the practice that I've done to sort yeah. of um, guide my instincts. Yeah. So, if what, what you're saying holds true, you could, in theory, practice uh, exotic scales or something and then trust your instincts without thinking yeah. about what scale you're in to take you to an interesting mm. place. And, look, like, my way of learning lead guitar has been kind of backwards because, um, like, I just became lead guitarist in the band that we were in when we were 12 13 whatever yeah um and kind of carried on being lead guitarist most of the way through mm-hmm. and i basically learned because i i'd done i played guitar for a decent while before then so i knew a lot of like the chords and 
uh, and whatever, mm-hmm. but I didn't know much solo playing. And I literally learned it because we were kind of at the age where it didn't really matter for a bit of shit. I literally learned by just like explore, like finding what worked and what didn't. Yeah. And kind of built my own map of the guitar from like. That's cool. Yeah. So I and now I'm kind of going back and starting to learn like more technical things. Yeah. In terms of different <clears throat> scales, and I find that a lot of it's not very unfamiliar to me, but that's because I kind of found that that worked. I was like, oh, that's in that scale. Um. And. So I do get what you mean that like now when I we play when we jam or something I'm not thinking technically of like oh I want to put in a blue note here this would be cool <laughs> but like I kind of instinctually know having played guitar for so long like I mean you're not even thinking to be honest you're not even thinking like it's almost as if it's just happening in front of you and you're like oh that was a cool note that I just played I didn't realize that I was going to do that it's mm-hmm. it's so close to that it's so close to like happening before you think yeah. um but yeah, I have had some improvements from overlaying some technical like knowledge of what I'm doing rather than like not really knowing why that note works or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, at the same time, I'm a bit averse to like then using that too much to... I just don't want like that telling my creative side what to do, if you get what I mean. <laughs> you, have to, you have to balance those two worlds. They're like a they're like feuding families. Yeah. Gotta okay. Keep them away. If you okay. Put them together at a wedding for too long, they'll start fighting. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I think it's time for a whiskey interlude. Cue whiskey music. <laughs> so, um, for those of you not on video, I've got a nice um, drink of whiskey right in front of me. Um, I've been sipping it. You're most of the way through it, actually. <laughs> Oh, it's lovely. It's lovely. It's called Amrit Fusion, um, and it's uh, Indian whiskey. And it's the first Indian whiskey that I've tried. And I didn't even know that India made whiskies. And this one's delicious. Um, highly recommend it. James, what are you drinking? I've got a no-label Peroni, because ah, I'm doing that thing where I win. pick because labels as I go. <laughs> I don't know why. It's a habit I have to pick labels off drinks. It's very strange. Mm. Um, which they'll see on video. If you watch it in high speed, you'll just see me like, nah, 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 nah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I have a... A Peroni beer by Italy. <laughs> it's nice. Oh, I was just say that. It was on offer. We didn't usually go this premium on our beers, but I'm, I'm enjoying it. Oh, we do go premium on beers, James. Come on. We don't. We don't work jobs in London for for for, for nothing. <laughs> Keep it, keeping it us in those nice beers. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Me and nice guitars Ooh. and nice beer. But yeah. Um, so that's creativity, drumming versus guitaring. Yeah, I mean, we promised to talk about our album on this one. Well, let's go. <laughs> let's go. We have got... How many tracks? 11-ish? I've not even counted. I don't know. <laughs> um, we were, we wanted it to be like a a tight, like, 40 minutes, but I think it's it's going to be at least 50. <laughs> that's... Okay, I know that we, we haven't even released this album yet, but I'm looking towards album two, 2021. <laughs> Yeah, it's actually album three of Tukan Echo, but <laughs> we've always is... referred to 2021 as album one and 221, because we thought we'd get two albums out this year. We're, we're pushing it. <laughs> yeah, we're probably in terms not. Of this one's going to come out in September. <laughs> yeah, we're probably not going to get two albums out this year, James. Anyway, album three, Tukan Echo. <laughs> we're, work, we're... Working title. Work, work. <laughs> I'm, I'm going I'm to cough. <coughs> Thank you for listening to the Tukin Echo podcast. <clears throat> Sorry, that was really bad podcasting. Back to the action. 
Album three, T Kaneko. Um, I'm looking forward to that because one of the one of my main bits of feedback from this album is I really want to tighten up our songs. Not to say that the songs are loose, but we definitely sort of weighed into a bit more of the jam stuff, I guess. Mm. Um, but I want to, I want to really just. You want a punchy album for? My favorite albums are like 35 minutes in length. <clears throat> Anything longer, I get bored. <laughs> We've not even released this one. You're like, <laughs> it's a bit bloated. <laughs> it's not bloated. Wow. It's uh, it explores musical territories in its own time. That's good. Yeah, takes the time to do the proper due diligence of song, song territories. Song territories. <laughs> uh, due diligence. The, the song cartographers really, really, <laughs> it's a real. Yeah. Diligent. So, where were you going with that? Where was I going with that? Al- album. Talking about the next album. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm really excited with the album we've done now and mm. it's made me so excited that I can't wait to do the, the next one and I'm already thinking about how we can improve on the mm. next one I want to get um, 12 string for the next one but yeah. my guitar buying is a bit out of control right now I might have to sell one <laughs> um, but I, I'm really feeling like genuinely feeling 12 strings on some of these new <clears throat> songs yeah. so I've got a source one we should talk about our current album though so <laughs> just skip straight to the next one we, we finish this one we, we, we've Something that sort of happened naturally with this album is we've ended up with two sort of types of song. Um, so we've got a collection of songs that are sort of like single worthy and they're quite, they're, they're sort of like, what would you compare them to? They're sort of the square ones, the level ups <laughs> of the two Kineko catalogue. Um, <laughs> and we've got another collection of songs which are all very similar in style and they're a bit weirder, a bit more atmospheric. Mm. Um, so we like the idea that this album sort of explores a, a duality, a sort of a waking world and a dream world, where the waking world songs are kind of your pop songs, and we've got some more atmosphere, atmospheric songs, which is kind of like a bit more dreamy and a bit more weird and a bit darker. <clears throat> mm. So that's something that we've been kind of exploring with this album. We, we want to try and implement that sort of aesthetically as well, with the sort of artwork around the songs. Mm. Um, that's, that's, that's one of the things that I'm really excited for with this album. Yeah, that's like our next big heap of work. That's why it's coming out in September and not June. <laughs> We've almost finished the tracking, and that will be done hopefully early July. Like, mm. yeah. the songs will be like, yeah. you know, finished actually articles. finished, and like all we'll be doing since then until it reaches you guys in September um, is like the rest of the kind of stuff <clears throat> around it, yeah. artwork and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, so we do have a. A whole kind of, you, you know, you make all the songs and then it's like you have to try and represent them visually and we have to find a title that, like, mm. means that when people see the title or they see the cover, like, they'll get an impression of what the songs might be underneath. But as we've talked about creatively, you don't kind of write the songs or put the album together with an idea of... You don't come up with, like, the album title and cover first and then make songs for it. I mean, that'd be way easier if that was the way around and it was done. Mm. But, like coming out with songs is quite a natural thing and then somehow you've got to kind of package it up for people and go mm. here's what like here's how to access yeah. like all this stuff that we've made here's how to make sense of it yeah this, this, this is the last 18 months of our creativity sort of thing yeah um, so and even yeah and even like talking about it is is hard because you have to kind of find a way to sum up what is 
Um, I mean, some of these, some of these songs, they're not. They're over the last like year or two, <clears throat> mm-hmm. I guess now, because a lot of them came in lockdown. Lockdown um, when UK March through July. <laughs> 2020 <laughs> yeah. Um, which yeah as I said in the last podcast I think a lot of um, albums are going to come out like based on pe- musicians writing during lockdown mm. um, but yeah so songs kind of came out from there's some from before that period and then there's some like from yeah just being locked down and making demos and stuff Yeah. so to sum up that whole period of time and then like what all the songs are about and stuff it does take it takes some serious like thought to package that package yeah. that together and to not make it kind of cliche or a bit because you have to kind of simplify it down to like a few I mean, I'm just digging into how to market an album now <laughs> but like you have to simplify it down to some like themes that people get or like that <clears throat> catch people's attention but also you can never sum up like the whole thing like that. So you have to kind of choose like what you're gonna anchor mm. it on. You just like observe like releases of major albums and like they'll go do interviews about a certain thing. And you'll kind of find that like they're they talk about a certain angle. If you get what I mean? Because yeah. it, it's it's slightly different yeah. to try and get like bloggers interested or um, press interested in a new album coming out. It's got to have like like they've not heard the music yet, so it's got to be like oh, this album happened because of X yeah. or because of Y. So you often find, like, oh, I broke up from my relationship and this album's, like, all about that, you know? Yeah. Um, this album's not about that. But, <laughs> like, it's, it's interesting trying to, like, distill it down into mm. how we're going to, like, talk about it, I guess, as well. Yeah, we, we haven't got that down yet, as you can probably tell. <laughs> I think I was making some good points. You were, you were making good points, but there wasn't but, a single point. <laughs> And that's the point, James. <laughs> that's that's the points. <laughs> so, um, how are we going to make it catchy so that people want to yeah. tuck in? Yeah. But what 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 we can tell you is that we're going to release some singles soon. You know, here yeah. on the podcast, we're the real inner circle. Not many of our fans. The mailing list. The the mailing list. But this the podcast gets sent to the mailing list straight away. So, yeah. we love you, mailing list. Your heroes. Um, yeah, we're going to release some singles in advance of the album. And the album's like, it's not like it's going to come out on Spotify in September. It's going to go, we're going to do like an experience around it first, I think. Yeah. So, veterans of the mailing list from um, the days of the jam experience, or even the master plan. Or even walk to circus. Or even walk to circus. We'll, we'll, we'll know the drill by now, but um, we're, we're going to release a interactive online virtual experience around the album. It's mm. gonna be great. We haven't we haven't theory crafted it yet, but it's gonna be a real. A I think real, this one will be good. Yeah. I think this one will be yeah. pretty pretty <clears throat> intense. Mm. Um, so yeah, we're gonna release it to our mailing list first, and it will come out on Spotify like a little bit later in terms of like public consumption. Um, but that's the interesting thing about like albums in general is that like you're all told to like make singles and stuff now, but we want to release this to people who care about it. And ultimately, people who care about music, and particularly care about our music, I'm sure will be interested in a something that we've worked into, like a cohesive like collection of stuff. It definitely means something. It's gonna have like themes going all the way through, but still, we kind of varies. Like, I do think for people who are into this music, this is like the best way 
to present new music if you want music to like take you to a bit of a deeper level or to like really make you think about stuff or like really understand what the songs are about mm. to put these songs together just makes sense rather than just dropping them as a by the way here's another Tukan Echo song by the way here's another Tukan Echo song like that might be the best way to capture like light attention yeah. people passing by but people who want to like dig deep into this stuff um the experience being on our mailing list is the place to be because that's where we're putting all our effort yeah you can't you can't release an album track as a single mm. album tracks are great but they belong on albums and you really really get get the depth there in an album yeah so how long we've we been going I don't know James speaking I don't know James we've, we've got dinner we've, we've, we've promised ourselves some production we, 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 we said that we do some tracking for the album after this uh, here's me watching James spilling beer on his laptop what a That's mess right, what a mess <laughs> 34 minutes so things to look forward to album coming out in September um, obviously check out the jam experience on Spotify it's a collection of jams we're going to be releasing some singles soon. Um, first thing we're going to release is probably... Can I say the name of the song we confirmed on that yet? Yeah, we're going to release a... Uh, <laughs> I need to get the song tossed right now. Uh, Blind When I See the Sun. Oh, it's yeah. coming out in a couple of weeks' time. A couple of weeks' time? We can't commit to that. <laughs> that, it, that came it, from you. <laughs> it will be out within four weeks. <laughs> um, complete with a video. And then after that, another another single. So... Probably better dreams. Yeah. But TBC. So yeah, album September. Jam Experience out now, volume two. Volume two of the Jam Experience. Yeah. Um, singles in apparently four weeks. Within four weeks. <laughs> uh, and then another single. And uh, <clears throat> on the mailing list to get the full album experience. Um, you'll get the album eventually, but the behind the scenes experience. Oof. That's worth, that's worth being there for. So, thank this, you. This has been the Tukin Echo podcast. This uh, winding, rambling discussion on a Friday evening. It's great. It's great. Mm. On a lovely summer evening, we've got <laughs> we've got the windows open. We can hear the outdoors. Cars cars storming past. Yeah, London. Um. <laughs> I think we should wrap it up. For now, right. goodbye. Thanks for listening, everyone, and watching. Good shit. Good Stop. shit. So far, recorded it, eh? Yeah, well, I certainly recorded my end. Video's fine. <laughs> oh, the video is ready to go.